Hi guys, welcome back to the We Run On Coffee podcast with Marissa and Erica. And Erica, we're just going to get into it. Okay. What happened to you this week? We have so many updates for you guys. All right, y'all. So we, we have a lot to catch up on, but before we do, I'm going to tell you what I'm drinking because I just know we're oh, going to get true, into true. it. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you that I just made coffee because I just rolled out of bed maybe a half hour, 40 minutes ago, and I made a brown sugar in the cup espresso over top you know melted in so good and then added brown sugar creamer so extra brown sugar and oat milk and it's delicious and it's the best at-home coffee i've had in a while i've been struggling i make them every day but sometimes they just taste horrible and i've been really bad at like my proportions and stuff so i'm liking it though yeah it's really good that's funny because i also (gasps) made an ice latte with brown sugar in the cup that's so amazing yeah and I know. And it's so good. And I just put oat milk. I didn't have brown sugar creamer, but we basically have the same thing. Yes. Okay. So I, not to flip this on you, but I was going to say, why don't you catch us up first? Because I feel like you're going to touch on the happy things that happened this week. And I'd love to start (laughs) on the positive and then I'll give you guys the flip side. (laughs) Okay. So this week, Erica came over this weekend and you guys know, because we recorded that episode last Monday. So the episode previous to this was when Erica was at my house and we <laughs> we went to the city on Tuesday and we were like okay so I went to work I feel like I'm all discombobulated Me too. but it's okay we went to I went to work on Tuesday Erica was working at my apartment and then it was like I think it was like it was like noon right yeah, yeah somewhere and between had- like noon and two yeah, you had messaged me and you were like, hey, guess what? The mm. concert got canceled. So Sad. we didn't get to end up going to the concert. And it was actually kind of a blessing in disguise because yeah. we just got to go and like walk around the city. We ended up going on a three and a half mile walk. And was it that much? Yeah, Dang. I looked back at it and I was like, oh my goodness. That's awesome. I know. But it was a really, really pretty walk. And I loved it, honestly. Same. Oh my and god! And we got the best photos. The photos turned out like prettier than I real know. life. <laughs> and check the Instagram for those yeah, guys. The they're they're so cute. But we went around. We started at like the National Mall. Got to show Erica this, and this was her first time ever seeing the city. She yes. had never seen it before. So I showed her like the National Mall, and then I also like we just walked down towards like the Lincoln Memorial. If anybody knows DC, you'll know what I'm talking about. And then we walked around the Tidal Basin, back by the Jefferson Memorial, I think. And then we went back on the metro, came home. We went and got tacos and marks. Oh my God, those are so good. And guys, shout out if you're from this area, Natty's. I don't even know you the full go. name of the restaurant. I just know it's N A T Y apostrophe S, and it is so good. It was amazing. I just told my mom about it too because I was like, it really, was so good. <laughs> it was so good. But then I just kind of went back to work like normal the rest of the week. I went to work like later on Wednesday since they were here, and I wanted to like spend the most time with them as I could. We went and got coffee. And guys, remember, if you remember, you're an OG, the beginning of the entire podcast. In the first episode, I talked about my favorite spot, the spot on Mill Street. Apparently, it's not the spot on Main because (laughs) I was wrong this whole time. But we tried to go there and they were closed. So we ended up going to this place called Crepe and Grind. And it was okay overall, I would say, right? Yeah, it was good. I really liked my breakfast sandwich, but I don't know if I was just like ravenous hungry or it was yeah. really good. I think it was actually pretty good, but I think yeah, it was pretty good. Our coffees were all like, you know, medium, medium tier. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a coffee shop though, so like I'm not trying to say that it's yeah. like, oh, it's a great place. Mm-hmm. And the crepes, the crepes looked amazing. Were good. Yeah. <laughs> 
Erica got a breakfast sandwich, but all of us got crepes and they were pretty good. <laughs> yeah, they looked really, really good. But it was so cute. The owners were like these two sisters and they were like, I think they were the owners. I actually don't know. But yeah, just these two sisters probably in their 50s, 60s. And they were just so cute. It was so cute. That was the second time I'd been there, but it was fun to like sit down and like talk. And the last time I went, I only got coffee. So it was good to like actually get food this time. Mm -hmm. And then what else did I do this week? I just kind of got back into the swing of things. Like I just cooked a little because I wasn't able to cook like at the beginning of the week. And then I just went back into the grind of things at work. And then yesterday, yesterday, right on a Saturday. Yeah, I had to work Saturday, so yesterday, because I <laughs> I took Monday off to hang out and drive back <laughs> with Eric and Angelo and Kyle, yes. and then I just worked yesterday, which was totally fine, no big deal. It just felt like a normal week because it was five days, and I feel yeah. like I had plenty of time after I got off to like still relax. Oh, that's so good. It wasn't too bad, but now I'm just catching up on laundry, doing some house chores, oh, and that's things. it. <laughs> this is a really pretty chill week for me, but I do have I'm, an update. Oh, oh, tell us. Okay, so I've been thinking about running again <gasps> ever since yeah. I finished my last like race, and I've been like trying to like get back into it, and especially yeah. after the running episode, which you guys inspiring, haven't heard yet, right? But I it comes inspired. out on Wednesday. Yeah, yes. everyone, go listen to the running episode. Yes, but me and Kyle are signing up for a half marathon. No, you're not. What? Oh my god! I haven't filled it out yet. Like I haven't filled out like the like application or whatever. But we're gonna run the DC half marathon. -uh. When is it? September seventeenth. September seventeenth this year. Mm -hmm. You guys are nuts! Oh my god! I want to come. Okay, (laughs) I want to come watch. That would be so awesome. I'm. That is so cool. And we're not going to start training until we live together. So yeah. I looked it up. We'll have 14 weeks of training, which I think is so doable. Mm-hmm. Because You guys I did have my, like a good foundation, I think. Yeah, I did my 10K training in 11 weeks. I just looked back at my training plan and I was like, okay, adding like three more weeks. I think that's totally doable. Yeah. And so I'm just going to kind of like start running a little bit more like... I don't know, like a little bit more like... Oh my God. I don't know. I'm my just jaw's excited. on the floor. I'm shook. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Yeah. Like I said, I haven't filled out like the application or anything yet, but I told Kyle, I was like, I kind of want to do this. And he was like, well, I'll pay for it. And I was like, no, I want you to like, I want to make sure that you're able to like be there. Like you Mm -hmm. don't have to pay for it. Like I'll just like, I'll pay for it like next week or something. And I was like, I'll do it. And he was like, no, I'm going to pay for it for us to do it together. Oh, and I was like, oh my God. Okay. And wasn't he just the other day complaining about having to, you guys ran together and he's like, cause you have me running. And I yes. was just like, so I'm shook that he's going to do made, it. That's so cool. He's so dramatic because I made him go on like a two mile run and he was like, my knees hurt. And I was like, you're oh, old. Me? Oh my God. My knees always hurt me. Yeah. That's but so exciting. That's my biggest update. I'm really excited. Training won't start until the week after he moves in because I wanted to make sure that like we could keep each other accountable. Yeah, that's And if so we nice. like started separately, because if we started now, it'd be 18 weeks. And I was like, that's a little bit better. It's not as like mm-hmm. rigorous. But I was like, I kind of want to just like start training together. And I was like, you yeah. can do a couple runs here and there because the training plan starts out with like three mile runs. So I was like, if you can just like work up to three mile runs by the time you come here, totally fine. We can take yeah. it slow. Oh, my God. And he'll have some time off work when he gets there. So that would be nice for you guys. Yeah, because going. he doesn't start work until August 21st. So yeah. he'll honestly only have to work for a month like of the remainder of the training. That's crazy. 
Oh my god, Angela's gonna be shocked when he hears this. I know, I'm so excited. Wow, that's so awesome. I wish that I could be like, we'll do it with you, but I'm definitely like, pretty no. sure I can't do that. <laughs> but that's really awesome. Wow. Congrats, you guys. I'm so pumped. That's such that's a cool, all my fun updates. thing. Okay. I'm so excited. Um, not to be that guy, but uh, <laughs> we're going to flip to the um, the bad side of the trip. The this travesty is- that yes. was Erica's week. Oh, my God. I don't even know how to begin, but on Monday, no, on Sunday, Angelo and I went to see a concert in Cleveland, which is two hours from where we live, and then we drove back and got back at like one in the morning, slept woke up at five in the morning or six I think it was like five the next day and started driving to visit Marissa in Virginia all of that went smoothly somehow I ran on no sleep and barely any coffee and I was like in a good mood I was honestly really surprised at myself I was like you were I was so proud of you (laughs) same and Angela was like I just honestly I don't know what happened I was like I don't know good people I guess I'm just like happy and then um Like Marissa mentioned, on Tuesday, we were supposed to go to the Quinn 92 concert, and we had already had, like, an inkling because he had Mm -hmm. canceled the show the night before ours due to losing his voice, and so we were like, okay, there's no way he's going to get his voice back in one day, so we kind of expected it, but we're waiting, and I don't think any of us were that disappointed, to be honest. Like Marissa Mm -hmm. said, it was, like, so nice because we ended up just hanging out, walking around, and that's my kind of thing. Honestly, love Mm -hmm. it. And, um... Yeah, so that was all good. Sorry. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm trying to like put them all in order. While I was at Marissa's, I had to scan my Invisalign to like send it to my doctors. <laughs> and usually you do that by like you have a little, uh, what's the word? Like you just have a little, it's called a scan box. So it's like a little thing you put in your mouth and it like pushes your cheeks back a little and then it takes pictures of your teeth and it looks very normal and it's just your teeth. You don't see any other parts of your face, but I forgot mine. So I had to hold my mouth back with my fingers, like all four (laughs) fingers in my mouth. These will never see Instagram. They'll never see the light of day, but I hold my fingers in my mouth and pull my mouth back and make Angela take all the pictures of my Invisalign. And so that was not that bad, but it was just a really funny thing that I don't know. Maybe I'll post one. Maybe I'll feel bold. But like you could see up my nose. You could see my cheeks. You could see my whole face in it. So that was crazy. Um, Also, while we were at Marissa's, this is all in the span of like two and a half days. Also, while we were at Marissa's, I got a message from Airbnb that was like, hey, by the way, I forgot about that. (laughs) I literally started a list because I forgot too. it was like, hey, by the way, um, Airbnb has canceled your trip to New York City this August and I was like what the hell I was just so mad I was like I've never heard of this happening why would they do this this is so stupid this took us so long to find this was such a good deal just going on and on finally I open the app and I unlock it and it's like your Airbnb has been canceled due to your host has died and I was like what the hell oh my god I'm so sorry forever crap talking rest in peace David everyone send well wishes and prayers David David. I felt so bad so that happened and now we don't even know if we're going to New York then it's Wednesday okay Mm -hmm. people we've only made it to Wednesday for Monday it's Wednesday we go to the crepes in the morning like Marissa said and then they send us off and the boys drop me off at my train this is my first time train traveling didn't really know exactly what I was doing but um pulled up to the Amtrak and they dropped me off and left and I was like all right I'm on my own kid so (laughs) I figure everything out the train bathrooms were closed which is pretty annoying because I had to pee so bad I had to wait for the train they are like under renovations apparently at your guys's Amtrak but um, yeah, so I got on my train and everything was going good. We left Virginia and we're driving through Maryland 
and they just like stop the train on the tracks like in the middle of nowhere it's not a stop there's nothing nothing and they just stop it and they're like we are gonna stop the train here and perform a maintenance check due to a reported suspicious smell which I could smell the whole time like I had been smelling it and I genuinely I've never been traveling on an Amtrak so I would thought it was normal it smelled like the subway like in New York like, oh yeah just hot and like burning a little bit and yeah. so that's what it smelled like I was like oh this is fine whatever um they stopped the train they investigated the smell which was like it was on my car and they got out looked at it came back in and then we kept going and they were like we fixed it it's all good and then we pull into the stop at Wilmington in Delaware Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I just look out my window and there's just smoke going up my window, like bellowing up. And I was like, uh, I look around to see if anyone else is concerned. And then an Amtrak worker busts through the doors and she's like, everyone in this car needs to evacuate immediately. Leave your things and move to the car in front of you or behind you and find a new seat like quickly. Do not grab your stuff. Just quickly get out where this is an emergency. I'm like, oh, my God. So <laughs> I go to the train behind me. I see this young man. He's looks like he just graduated from training of the Navy. I'm like, I'm sitting next to that guy because he'll (laughs) save me. Like he knows what to do. So I go sit next to this Navy guy. I just have my purse and I'm just like sitting there. He has no idea what's going on. He's oblivious. He's got his AirPods in. (laughs) But I think he can see the look of panic on my face because he turns to me and he's like, oh, do you know what's going on? And I was like, yeah, actually, I think my train's going to set on fire in my car. And so not even two minutes after I evacuated that car, they were just going to have us move to the next cars and keep going. Not even two minutes later, the police come onto the car and they're like, everyone needs to evacuate. And the Amtrak worker was like, no, no, no. Like we already evacuated the car. He's like, no, everyone evacuate the train immediately. Don't grab your things. Get off the train, get onto the platform, go downstairs and get in the train station as fast as you can. This is an emergency. This train car is on fire. And I was like, oh my God. So I get out of the car, snap a quick picture, which is what I sent you. (laughs) Like snap a quick picture as I'm walking away. I'll like run down the stairs into the train station. I'm like, try not to be creepy, but I'm following this guy in the Navy so that he can save my life if, if it comes down to it. We get in the train station. And the fire department's already there coming in. So then there's yeah. firefighters. They're going up the stairs. They've got their freaking big ass hoses that they're dragging all through. And the guy comes on the speaker inside the train station. He's like, hey, everyone, like, obviously, this is an emergency. This train station is not meant for 500 people. We're yeah. evacuating the train station. So then they close the whole station. Doesn't matter who you are, where you're going, what train you're on. You're you're not standing here. So they got everybody out. And we just stood outside the train station, like in the grass of this courtyard at least it was a nice day dude that's what i said i was like if it was pouring rain i'd want to die so we all (laughs) well it wouldn't have been a fire because it would have been put out it's true (laughs) we all stood out there for two hours just waiting nothing there was like probably i keep saying between four and six because the whole block was closed off but like between four and six full size um fire trucks with full teams police the news everybody's freaking there (laughs) and we're just all standing around like waiting for something to happen and then eventually after like i would say it was probably two and a half hours at this point they finally are like okay if you're on train like six five three or whatever you can go in and your train's here get on it and get out of here and so they started like slowly letting people go but anyone was on who was on the train that caught on fire like all our bags were still there so no one could really leave unless you wanted to leave your crap so finally they were like we're gonna let you go in 15 people at a time grab your suitcase come back down but there were hundreds of us it was so like I personally I felt like they handled it really well for being like it was a super small train station they like are not prepared for this but some people were obviously mad like people always are in a crisis but I think they did a nice job it was just like chaotic because of the nature of it Mm -hmm. um 
But finally they let us in and they were like, go onto the train and get your bags. The fire's put out. It's all good. So you actually just like walked into it. It felt like a dead, like it felt like a movie scene, like an abandoned car. But I, it was my first train ride. So I didn't know where I was sitting. I was just sitting in the train. So I go up to the woman and I was like, I need help finding my bags. And she's like, where were you sitting? And I said, I'm really sorry. I don't remember. She's like, were you in front of the cafe car or behind it? And I was like, I don't know. And she literally rolled her eyes and got so mad at me. And I was like, I'm really sorry. Like, I've never done this. And I was like, I was in the car that literally caught on fire. Can you show me that one? And she was like, yeah, it's right here. So I walk in and my bag was the last bag on the shelf. I grabbed it. And then they had two trains coming in that were northbound that could get people to Philly, which there were tons of us trying to go to Philly. Most of us were. And they were like, okay, these are the last two trains for a while. Like, everyone needs to get on these trains. So the first one comes, everyone gets in and we're all like, pushing our suitcases down the aisle like really close behind each other in the train looking for seats we're like moving 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 looking for looking for seats and then all of a sudden you hear the beeping and then the doors close and then they come on the speaker and they're like just so you know it's going to be standing room only so I had to stand from Delaware till Philly that's like an hour and a half too right annoying no it wasn't that long I thought it was going to be longer but it ended up being really fast I think it was less than 45 minutes but I'm guessing that they probably because I remember when I I did this exact same train travel in October and I'm pretty sure regional shout out yeah (laughs) I'm pretty sure that they had to they they when you guys got on because of the whole emergency and like people needing to get places they probably didn't stop at the remainder of the stops between Wilmington and Philly and maybe that's why you were able to get there in like less time straight there yeah, and I think that there was probably like f- maybe four to five stops in between the two that we mm-hmm. had to stop at, and each of those has their own transition time. So, yeah, yeah so my train caught on fire. Moral of the story. <laughs> and then and you had to stand. Yeah, then I had to stand all the way to Philly. So that was crazy. And then I was on my work trip for three days, which also was like, it was fun, but there were some flops along the way, which I won't oh, get no. into because we're already like so into this episode. But I was just, and I'm still, I was busy yesterday too. I'm just so tired, like have not caught up on sleep since last Saturday, which as we're recording, that was a week and a day ago mm-hmm. um, because I've just been doing stuff every day and I like haven't gotten my full sleep yet still. Yeah. But yesterday, very quickly, I'll sum up. <laughs> yesterday, I was, it was Saturday, my first day home. I'd gone home at like nine the night before. Oh, on my flight back, there was a problem as well. On my flight uh, back from, from Philly to Ohio. You're banned from traveling. <laughs> I know. I was so scared. But on my flight back from Philly to Ohio, the guy, the pilot, not the guy, the pilot <laughs> comes on the speaker and he goes, I'm really sorry for this, folks. And I'm like, what the hell is he going to say? Like, we're all going to die. And he's like, we're in holding. We're going to be circling West Virginia for at least the next 20 minutes because there's thunderstorms in Columbus and we can't land. And I'm like, oh, yeah. my luck. This would happen. Uh, seriously, when we landed, I was like, I could cry. Like, I really thought I might not make it home because it was just so much. <laughs> at least the pilot was smart enough to not push through. I know. I'm like, just don't start a message like I'm about I'm sorry about this guys like maybe just tell us first and then say I'm sorry yeah what's he gonna say but yes so then yesterday Saturday my first full day back in Columbus I had planned nothing so that I wouldn't have anything to do but of course one of my really closest best friends that I don't get to see very much was like I'm coming to Columbus and I'm bringing she has her boyfriend her their two kids and she's like I want to come see you and I was like okay, I'm actually supposed to meet my mom for Mother's Day, but if you come at this time, like, we can hang out for a minute. So hung out with them and went to the park, which was, like, actually so fun. And swinging at the park, underrated. (laughs) And then I left and I met my mom, like, halfway between where we both live. And we got, I bought her dinner at Texas Roadhouse for Mother's Day. And we just did a lot of shopping, which, Mm -hmm. key to my heart, is shopping. So that was my week. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's probably not even all of it, but I'm like, I just can't. I can't. Anymore. Way more eventful than mine. Do, honestly, I would love to have had your week at this point. <laughs> just imagine oh this week, God. your week is going to be so like docile, nothing crazy. Just stay home, go to bed after your Mother's Day plans today, right? and then just sleep. Start over, but I know. My week is going to be crazy and I'm not going to get into it on this episode because we're filming another one today, guys, and I'll talk about it on that one. (laughs) Yes, I can't wait. But yeah, so that's my whole catch up. And um, now that we're 20 minutes in, I guess we can start. I guess. Okay. (laughs) So as you guys know by the title, we are doing another book club and I am honestly so excited for this one because... I think it's it's really similar to the one we did last time. It has some heavy topics in this book as well. However, I think it's, I mean, it's just as hyped up as a hyped up as a. It I is really speak. hyped. It's Connie Hoover's most hyped up book. If you, I yes. think, like, I feel like this is the one I hear of the most. Yeah, and it's the only book that she has that's turning into like another that's, stream of media. Yeah, that's true. I yeah I didn't think I don't know that. but this is a fiction for the record so Jeanette McCurdy's yes. I mean I think this is loosely obviously based off reality but it is a fiction book yes yeah okay. I'm excited so we are going to be doing a little cute book club on it ends with us by Colleen Hoover and I'm going to be completely transparent with you guys I didn't finish the book <gasps> until didn't? last night oh okay <laughs> oh I no I did I did and I was like whoa no I did it was <laughs> no, like that's fair it was like 6 p.m. yesterday and like literally over the last two days, like yeah. not including today, but Saturday and Friday, I probably read for seven hours to oh finish that God, book. Oh my God, no way. Because I know you I asked me like, when I was starting and I was like, I am starting this day, but like, I guess I, I read really fast usually. And I'm like, I don't know when to tell you to start. Yeah, I I do read pretty slowly. However, I just like last week when I was home not last week but the week before that I couldn't read at all like I think I read maybe two chapters while I was home and I just I didn't have enough time so but I finished it last night and then I was the one that was assigned to get all of these book club questions so it was like 6 p.m last night and I was like Erica how many questions do I need (laughs) and then of course she was with her mom and she was busy and I was like I feel bad but I was like I couldn't also find the past book club episode, like the oh, on our yeah, like yeah. organization software that we use. I couldn't find it on there. And I was like, Erica, I just need a little bit, please. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, they okay. look good. I'm really excited. I previewed the questions, not going to lie, but I was uh, <laughs> I did it this morning. So I was just like really quickly and I'm really yeah. excited about them. OK, so. First off, before we get started, we're going to do a trigger warning again. Like I said, this is also a book that has some heavy topics, not as many as the Jeanette McCurdy book that we did cover, but this one, it does touch on domestic violence. So if that's something that you are uncomfortable hearing about, or it's something that would end up triggering you, please feel free to click off. Come back for another episode. One of our happy ones. We won't be sad. Maybe next time we need to pick a little more chill of a book. I know. (laughs) I didn't know that that was what this book was about, though. Yeah, I didn't even know anything about it before. I read it I was just like oh okay I'll try it yeah so before we get into the summary and then maybe talking a little bit more about that it's um I'll just cite some of the sources that I used I only used three for this one so for the summary I was looking at the website that Erica had used last time yeah and tell me why when I read the summary out loud it was like eight to ten minutes yeah and I was like I cannot read that summary on here they honestly like I don't, I don't know if that's a summary. They did that yeah. with Jean- Jeanette McCurdy. I had to cut like half of it. I'm like, this isn't a s- summary. This is like the book. I know. And I was like, I wanted something that was a good summary. 
and like everything else that I found that wasn't an eight to 10 minute long summary, it was like 30 seconds. And I was like, that doesn't give me any information at all. Yeah. So I chose to just use the back of the book. So we're going to cite the book itself for this. Love it. And then uh, justleafing.com. It was a really cool book club, just questions website. Mm. Then Libromaniacs, which is one that Erica had used the last time. Yes. And that one was good to find questions for this one as well. And then bookclubs.com. That Love. one was cool. I know that you'd use that too and I thought it was great it just gave me a couple of other questions but clubs.com maybe once we start uh, getting into our book clubs we should make our own account because I use it for work and you can literally put in like I'd put in myself and I would put in you and I would say this month we're reading it ends with us and then it would prompt us to do the book club and then you can uh-huh. put all the books you read and then it's like books my book club has read we could also suggest books to each other so mm-hmm. maybe if you're a listener and like you want to join our book club we could start one with our listeners and our listeners could suggest books we would pick one and then we could all do it together that be cool so yeah I do like that we should we (laughs) should okay so next I'm just gonna summarize the book so like I said this is from the back of the book so it starts with sometimes it is the one who loves you who hurts you the most Lily hasn't always had it easy but that has never stopped her from working hard for the life that she wants she comes a long way from a small town in Maine where she grew up She graduated from college, moved to Boston, and started her own business. So when she feels a spark with a gorgeous neurosurgeon named Ryle Kincaid, everything in Lily's life suddenly seems almost too good to be true. Ryle is assertive, stubborn, maybe even a little bit arrogant, but he's also sensitive, brilliant, and has a total soft spot for Lily. And the way he looks in scrubs certainly doesn't hurt. Lily can't get him out of her head, but Ryle's complete aversion to relationships is disturbing. Even as Lily finds herself becoming the exception to his quote-unquote no-dating rule, she can't help but wonder what made him that way in the first place. As questions about her new relationship overwhelm her, so do thoughts of Atlas Corrigan, her first love, and a link to the past that she left behind. He was her kindred spirit, her protector. When Atlas suddenly reappears, everything Lily has built with Ryle is threatened. With, his bold and deep, with this bold and deeply personal novel, Colleen Hoover delivers a heart-wrenching story that breaks exciting new ground for her as a writer. Combining a captivating romance with a cast of all two human characters, it ends with us as an unforgettable tale of love that comes with the ultimate price. Ooh. Ah. Ooh. <laughs> I feel okay, like that's good. Before we start, I want to know, like, do you have a rating? Yeah, or like, I like I want to know your general thoughts before we dive into the discussion because I'm very very curious. I I think it was between a 4 and a 5. I okay. don't think That's I don't good. think it was a 5 because yeah. there were some things like we'll get into it, but there were some things that I didn't necessarily love Mm -hmm. but I really really liked the overarching story and I think that's what like it shoots me to like a between a four and a four and a half okay that's pretty good yeah I hate good good reads for that reason because on good reads you can only have whole stars and I'm like something Mm -hmm. might not be a four but not be a five like give me Mm -hmm. half stars but um I think I might have an unpopular opinion and I kind of hated the book for like most of it and I would say it's between a three and four though I also I agree I also liked like the overarching idea of it but there were some details that I could not get past and I was like cringing at so Uh I'm very excited to talk about it it sounds like we have a similar idea though of what we thought so all right I'm excited okay so before this is a question I didn't write down but I did see it on a couple of book club websites what did you think of the title? Because like we both said, we had no idea what the book was about going Nothing. into it. So yeah. what did you think that the title meant? Before I read it? 
Yes. I didn't think about it that much, to be honest with you. I guess I assumed, and this is actually really funny. I guess I assumed it was about someone dying because I, I read Verity first uh-huh. and Verity had like a different aspect. It wasn't, I, I'm not saying it's about someone dying, but Verity had like a more of a crime aspect yeah. to it that this didn't like a, what is that called? Like, I don't know. It was definitely thriller. Yeah. Thrillery. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Verity was more of a thriller theme. So I just like, that's how I see Colleen Hoover as a writer because that was my first one. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, maybe this is about like people dying. I was getting like Romeo Juliet vibes. I didn't know. Yeah. So that's what I thought. What about you? I also thought that it was about somebody dying. I mean, like it ends with <laughs> us. It sounds kind of, yeah, like you yeah, said, like kind like of Romeo harsh. Juliet. Yeah. yeah. But the first line of the book, it opens up with like her on a rooftop. And I was like, is she going to end up like killing Jumping? herself at the end? Yes. Yeah, and that's I, what that's, I wondered too. That's kind of what I thought. And I was like, it ends with us, murder, suicide, pact. They both jump off of the room. Oh my God. Full circle. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. I just yeah. kind of thought that one of the main characters, either Lily or Ryle, would die in the end, or both. Yeah. Spoiler alert. But not. <laughs> that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, that's a good question. And I really just didn't think that deep into it. I was just like, I don't know what I'm getting into. Yeah. So basically the what it ends with us means we'll get into it later but it ends with us was her speaking about ending the cycle of abuse in her life and I think that it had a really like beautiful meaning at the end yeah and that's gonna be the final question so we'll get into that later but the first question that I have for you which is my most exciting question I think what were your initial thoughts on Ryle um hmm. I didn't really like him to be honest like I said I've kind of no I completely agree I hated him they want us to like him I feel like but also I think she really did try to like intertwine the bad qualities and mask them with the good so that we can understand how it works when you know there there are themes of like men who abuse who are disguised by like good looks or doing really nice things it's like oh he's really nice to me most of the time Mm -hmm. but like when we first met him he was on the roof like throwing things and being wild kicking a chair being like he would when he talked to Lily in the beginning I feel like he was very assertive just like very straightforward and like abrupt and I just it turned me off to him immediately. I was like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. So I completely agree. I hated him, honestly. Mm-hmm. The entire yeah. book. I Until like maybe the end when he like started to show his soft side a little bit more once like, spoiler alert, <laughs> Lily gets pregnant. Like, yeah. I feel like I started to see that he could like break down who he was in the past and kind of like unveil like the good underneath and maybe the child would have made him change but it wasn't worth it in the end to stick it out and see mm-hmm. but I hated him I thought that he was he was entitled he yeah. thought that his time was worth everything and Lily's was worth nothing because like yes I understand that he was like a neurosurgery resident but like he would literally just not care about like Lily reaching out or like anything and he was like my time is the world yours means nothing I don't care about you unless I get something out of it yeah and I thought he was creepy too like I there's a question a couple down but I thought that like he seemed kind of stalkerish and I did not like yeah oh I know what question you're talking about and I same wow I always come to this these book clubs thinking I'll have an unpopular opinion and then I don't we always like think (laughs) the same thing which is really funny but before we go to the next one I want to give everyone listening 
even more of a summary or more of a deep dive into the characters. So we have Lily Bloom, which first yes. of all, that was an immediate turnoff to me. I was like, that's a <laughs> stupid name. Like, I'm so sorry. And she loves flowers. So like, that's the personality there. So I'll just say that there's Lily Bloom. There's Ryle. What is his last name again? Kincaid. Okay. And he's a neurosurgeon, right? And that's pretty yes. much his personality trait. Like, he's okay. a doctor. Yes. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. Do you think that Colleen Hoover explicitly described his physical appearance no I don't either okay no, I don't know what he looks like in my brain I was honestly not really picturing much because I'm like I don't know what he's supposed to look like I was picturing like a tall muscular guy in scrubs but I had no yeah. other I had no other features there's no face to me like, yeah I don't know what he looks like okay continue with your yeah breakdown no, <laughs> yeah so there's the, the, those are the two people the book opens they're on a roof they meet for the first time they're complete strangers um in Boston I believe is where they meet mm-hmm. and Ryle is angry. He's throwing things. He's breaking things. They talk to each other. Whatever. La di da. He lives in the building. She does not. She just goes there for the rooftop views and vibes. <laughs> and um, yeah, so then we start getting a backstory on Lily. And I want to introduce this because this was another part of the book that I personally hated is that she has this history of dating someone who was, quote, homeless. And I really liked that character. His name was Atlas don't remember his Corrigan. name. Thank you. I'm so bad with that. But um, I love the name Atlas and like I'm annoyed that it was in this book. Anyways, so we get introduced to like her childhood and this character named Atlas who she used to date who was homeless and he like took salvation in this house behind hers when they were kids and they dated. Got She got in trouble for dating him and he left whatever. She never saw him again. Um, he left for like the military to get out of his town and like be somewhere. So I wanted to introduce that like little storyline because I think mm-hmm. it helps. And also like the the homeless person storyline did not bother me the way that she wrote it. But it they I don't know how to explain it. Like they would just be like, oh, yeah, because I dated a homeless guy. Like they were making jokes about it that I was just like, eh, it's in distaste. I just don't like it. So anyways, yeah. we can continue. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I I honestly I think I fell in love with Atlas from the minute that he came into the yeah. book. I thought that he was so sweet. He's such a and kind character. Yeah, and I loved him. Every, like, even from, like, the first letter that Lily wrote, and that's the yes. next question. Yes. I think that, I just think that, like, he was painted in such a good light, and it was always, like, I'm excited to see what the movie does with, like, imagery Same. and stuff. Because Same, but I'm I think, also kind of scared. I'm like, don't ruin it. You know what I mean? I know, because I'm kind of excited to see, like, are they going to have, like, these light like cinematic moments when she's Mm -hmm. like back writing the letters like when they do those flashbacks to her writing the letters or are they going to just kind of have it normal to not kind of unveil or are they going to use that symbolism and like have the moments that she's with Ryle kind of be like dark and overwhelming and Mm -hmm. then the moments that she was writing the letters to like Atlas and or not to Atlas but to Ellen like if she's gonna be like whimsical and like happy I'm just interested to see. I wonder that too. I'm I'm a little nervous. I'm like, don't ruin Atlas's character and make him like a bad guy in any way. That's all I I ask. Did you see who they casted as Atlas? Who is it? It's on Instagram. I don't know his name, but I I don't think that he's gonna. I don't Uh, think he gives what I want him to be giving. No. (laughs) But Uh, Blake Lively is gonna play adult Lily, and Justin Baldoni is playing Ryle. By the way, like I actually, I know people are mad, but I actually like his casting for Ryle. I actually like that. I do too. I can see that, but Blake Lively, I don't see as much. But uh, that's I don't either. I don't know. I was like, not to be mean, like Blake Lively is a beautiful human and like she's a great actress, but I haven't seen her act in a while, so I feel like it's gonna be a little bit weird. 
Yeah, it is going to be a little bit. I just don't know about it. Oh, that's Atlas. Oh, he's cute. What's his name? His name is... Oh, where did it go? I've never even heard of it. Brandon Sklenner. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like he, he just, looks very they're rugged. They're older than I wanted them to be. Like, yeah. I, in this book, I'm reading it, and I feel like they're, like, they're young. Well, they'll probably have, like, a teenage mm-hmm. Atlas as well, like, when they flash back to, like, young Lily, because they're trying to look for somebody to cast as young Lily right now. Yeah. But... I don't know. I just, he looks very rugged and I don't picture him as a rugged human. Like, yes, he grew up and he was homeless and then he moved into the military, but I just don't see him as like the stereotypical looking person that looks Mm -hmm. like they grew up in a rugged background and then they went into the military. I just see him as somebody that looks like soft. (laughs) I don't know. No, that's really interesting. I actually, when I'm looking at this picture, that's who I I see it. I see it. I like it. Yeah. Like what I was picturing in my brain is something similar, like even his medium longish hair. And Mm -hmm. yeah, he looks how I thought he would, but I also just don't know him as an actor. So I'm like, "Eh, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Okay, Our next question. Yes. What did you think of Lily's letters to Ellen DeGeneres? Was this an effective literary device to tell Lily and Alice's story? Love the question, first of all. Um, I thought it was really interesting. So in the book, Lily wrote letters to Ellen DeGeneres. They were never sent. It was more like a journal, and she was yes. just addressing the journal to someone, which I did think was cute because I think in a weird way, it's like a lot of people are like, oh, I should journal, but I, they have a hard time with it. So this was kind mm-hmm. of a cute way to be like, oh, you can do it any type of way. I think it was effective to tell Lily and Atlas's story. I didn't see a problem with it, but it was also, I mean, when you really think about it, it was definitely one-sided. It was only Lily's perspective. We heard nothing yes. from Atlas. Like we don't know what Atlas thinks. Um, but for the most part, I feel like he felt the same way as her because, you know, he was always ever nice to her. It's not like he was ever like, get away from me, you creep. Like they yeah. got along, they were in love, whatever. But yeah, it is it is kind of one-sided and only about Lily, which I think is kind of interesting, but I liked it. And I also was thinking well, as I was reading it, I was like, I just am not an Ellen fan. So I was having a hard time with those. <laughs> I don't know why, but I like kind of don't like Ellen DeGeneres at all. So I just thought yeah. that was funny, but it was cute. They always used to watch her show together and that was like their thing. So she would write the letters to Ellen and address them. So I thought it was cute. Yeah. I liked it. I think it was cute. I just, I, I just, I don't know. I've heard a lot of people say that they like hated the letters because they really? were like, I just don't understand why she's like writing to Ellen. Like mm-hmm. she wasn't at the end of the day, she was writing to herself. She just yeah. used a person to address the letter. So she felt like it was kind of out of body. Yes. Like she wasn't just like writing the letter to herself, like a journal normally is. And I think I can like empathize with that because sometimes it's hard to get your thoughts out to yourself because like at the end of the day, it's only your brain talking to your brain. Right. So kind of adding that like person by proxy in there, I feel like that's kind of helpful. Yeah. And I agree. It was an effective literary de- literary device to like tell their story, but I would mm. have liked to see more of the both sidedness, yeah. especially from that young perspective. But I think once in the end of the book when Lily takes refuge with Atlas in mm-hmm. like the like the last third of the book I think we do get his story or at least we get a little bit of it he's a lot more uh like guarded than yeah. Lily is and I think it was kind of like at the end it was him opening up and like sharing his story a little bit more but I think it would have been nice to kind of know like 
if maybe he wrote like a journal and like we got those passages as well i was like i could almost read a whole book from atlas's perspective just because she obviously i think colleen obviously wanted us to like his character and we Mm -hmm. we do but i really would like be interested in his perspective because we did we got nothing we're just like oh he was homeless and like he lived behind my house why like he said my parents don't want me why like i would love more of his story so i agree with you there and I don't know what it starts with us is about. I think I it's supposed to be a continuation yeah. because I know it's not like a backstory, but yeah, I think it's supposed to be a continuation. And I feel like maybe she does have a little bit more of a like Atlas perspective and maybe like yeah. he'll have like those quote unquote flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> but I did like it with like the letter aspect mm-hmm. because instead of like the book following two separate storylines like you know those books that'll yes. be like it'll have like a date and it'll like flash back and Bruh, forth those confuse me I, I get yes, lost I agree and I liked that they just kind of like they changed the font and they made it a letter and that made you know it was in the yes. past yeah I, and I liked personally that. liked it I'm surprised I didn't know that people weren't a fan of that but I really liked it and I thought it made I felt like it made sense to the story like mm-hmm. I got it yeah I agree Okay, so switching gears a little bit, we're going back to Ryle now. So one of Ryle and Lily's early interactions was when he knocked on 29 doors in her building to find her. How did this strike you? Was it romantic? Explain. (laughs) Okay, I feel like we're going to agree here since we made that comment earlier, but I thought it was like a little weird and I'm like, that seems like a little creepy, but Mm -hmm. also like it was well received by Lily. So that made us probably feel like, okay, I guess it was romantic because she liked it. But Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. thought it was weird. It's pretty much all I have to say about that. (laughs) I agree. I thought, like I said at the beginning, he just like kind of gave me stalker vibes. And like that wasn't the the only. Yeah, that wasn't the only time that something like that happened. Like he would send her a message and was like, hey, are you up for visitors tonight? And she would be like, she would respond like an hour later and be like, yeah, I am. And he's like, good, because I'm here. And I'm like, no, go away. How long have you been there? The whole hour? literally. And I was expecting him to be a lot more like from the beginning of the book before they ended up like getting into a relationship with each other I thought that he was just gonna become a stalker like I didn't envision him like becoming abusive I just was like oh Lily's not gonna be interested Mm -hmm. especially the first time that she had seen Atlas before she had decided to be in a relationship with Ryle I was like oh she's gonna start dating like Atlas and then Ryle's gonna be jealous and like kind of stalker but that's an interesting idea though that wasn't what happened (laughs) I wish that it was no that's funny you said that because going back to you asking me about the title like halfway through the book to be honest I was hating it I didn't like it until like the last quarter and then I was still like "Eh, it's all right but halfway through the book I was still thinking like I don't know if they're gonna like really be in love it doesn't seem like they're gonna work out because they kept have they kept telling us like oh it's not gonna work out it's not gonna work out so I really thought there was still gonna be a murder by the end (laughs) like I was like what is this or has because I was halfway through thinking this story to be honest I was thinking this story is a little boring what's the kick like what's the yeah. what's the catch gonna be and I thought it was gonna be murder but anyway yeah. <laughs> I I think that she did a really good job trying to convey the the way that you can like mask being an abuser yeah, and sure. like she had a lot of those like symbolic elements of like turning into an abuser like him being overbearing and like always like showing up unexplained and then also having a temper and just all of the things that you would like classically say as an abuser but she masked it masked it in this romantic sense like Mm -hmm. he knocked on 29 doors trying to find me and it was so beautiful yeah or he like I don't know just I can't think of any other examples because it's hard for me to like reminisce on that and like think of like the nice things because at the beginning I saw him in a bad light so yeah yeah we were set up 
to not like him I feel like yeah which I don't think I don't know if she was trying to do that because it almost seems like we were supposed to like him and then by the end we're supposed to hate him but I just yeah I had a weird feeling from the beginning yeah I think that we were supposed to fall in love with the character and then kind of be thrown off just like Lily was when Mm -hmm. like things did turn bad and I was talking to my friend Owen because she read this book and she's been begging me to read it forever and I was like Owen, I don't like Ryle. And she was like, oh my God, how? And I was oh. like, I just, I find him like creepy. I find him gross. Yeah. I find him like entitled. Yeah. And she was like, I I never saw that. I saw him exactly oh. how Colleen wanted him painted as a human. Yeah. Like, I saw him as romantic and trying to like court this woman and i was like i never saw that whoa oh my god apparently this should have been the episode we had her on sorry i know she told me she <laughs> joked she was like she should she should let me come on for yeah. this one because i have the opposite perspective yeah that's really interesting huh okay yeah i didn't know i was like oh and i think i hate him <laughs> yeah uh, yeah same at work on friday i had told her i was like oh and i hate him and she was like uh you hate everything that I like. And we like, <laughs> we were like, quote unquote, fighting. Like yeah. we were like yelling at each other because we we're both so stubborn. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because you we were just like in an argument about it. And I was like, oh I just gosh. don't like him. And she was yeah. like, but I love him. And I was like, oh, shut up. Man. That is funny. Okay. So the next one, one of the very influential characters in this book is Ryle's sister and Lily's best friend, Alyssa. How do you think having a character who has loyalty to both the protagonist changed the tone of the book? Okay, this is not an answer to your question to begin with, but <laughs> I, one of the first signs that I knew I wasn't going to like the book, <laughs> I feel like I'm such a hater in this, uh, when Alyssa walked into Lily's flower shop, so Lily in the book, Lily Bloom, opened a flower shop, and that Named was like Lily big- Blooms. Yeah. <laughs> wow creative yeah and that was like her big storyline it's like she moved to the big city to start her own business and she made bouquets and one day Alyssa just walks in and was like will you hire me I need a job and she's like I don't have any money and she's like okay I'll work for free and then Lily was like no I'll pay you minimum wage I just thought it was stupid like I could not get over it I thought it was the dumbest storyline I get it Alyssa was supposed to be like rich and married to her rich husband but bored and she couldn't Mm -hmm. get pregnant so her dealing with her miscarriage became too much and she wanted something to pass the time and this was just oh a flower shop popped up I guess I'll work there but I just couldn't get past I thought it was the dumbest storyline ever (laughs) I really grew to love Alyssa by the end of the book but at the beginning I was just like I think I hate all the characters I like didn't like anyone when it started but I do oh yeah go ahead I don't think that I loved Alyssa until maybe like the second half of the book yeah because I was like, I understand, like, they kind of just interjected her into, like, Lily and Ryle's storyline. Yeah, and, like, random. she just, yeah, by happenstance had to be Ryle's sister. But <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know. And I kept, like, I told Owen on Friday before I had gotten to, like, the abuse aspect of the book. And I was like, yeah. I feel like Alyssa is in on it. I was like, I feel mm. like she's trying to push Ryle to be with Lily for yeah. some reason. And I was like, I was like, I don't know if she's trying to, like like push them together and like knows that Ryle is like quote unquote stalking her because that's what mm-hmm. I still felt like the book was like but yeah. nope she just genuinely was a good friend she and just walked in and was like hey what's up I want to work here and then they became instant best friends and then they wanted to be sisters and I was just like this is so unrealistic like that doesn't happen you don't just meet someone and become instant best friends I don't know yeah it was hard I for me know. to believe it was weird but I I did like the the second half of the question where yes, like yes. How did the loyalty to both of the protagonists change the tone of the book? I think it was interesting. I think it was. it was cool that she 
like we'll get into it in a couple questions down but like she was there through Ryle's childhood and that traumatic event that had Mm -hmm. happened in his life and like was there to like comfort him through that and like grow into the person that he was that quote unquote started the abuse cycle in his life and I also liked how she was on Lily's side and was like I genuinely need you to leave my brother if this is something that's going to keep happening but I felt like she was way too apologetic to the abuser, and I did not like that. Okay. Yeah, that's a good um, point. I did. Once she was like, just how you said, she was like, you need to leave my brother. Like, this is unacceptable. And even though I love you and, like, I want to be your friend, you have to go. Mm-hmm. I thought, I think that was probably a turning point when I was like, all right, I guess she's an okay character. Um, and I thought it was interesting, though, because if we didn't have um, – Alyssa, who was so stupidly interjected, in my opinion, <laughs> if we didn't have her, we wouldn't have gotten any of it, though. Yes. Like without her, we just would have had Ryle just being wild, Ryle. wild, Ryle, <laughs> wild, Ryle, <laughs> just throwing shit and hitting Lily and pushing her down the stairs. And there would be like no explanation, not saying that any explanation is justified, but we wouldn't have gotten any of his backstory without having her character. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I have to say, I f- already forget his name, but her husband, I really liked his character. And I felt like Marshall, <laughs> I, loved I felt like he was just a funny interjection. Like it's almost, it was giving him um, how I met your mother vibes. He was, yes. he was like, yeah, I was just like, Oh, he's just like the funny background guy that is chill. And he just, they're like, Marshall, don't say anything. And he's like, I got you. Like It was just really funny. <laughs> Yeah, I really did like his character because, like, even from the beginning when Alyssa was first introduced, like, at the, like, flower shop and then Alyssa falls, she calls her brother, happens being Ryle, and then Marshall comes with him and he's wearing a onesie because they're trying to get free beer. And then later in the book, she was like, Marshall, you make $6 million a year. You don't need free Free beer. beer. And he said, it's free beer. (laughs) I know. I know. He was just such a, like, comedic relief in a way that I was like, he's great. I love him. I hope that they cast him as somebody really well. I, I know. They've also casted Alyssa now, and I, again, forget who that oh, is, I'll but they haven't it. casted Marshall yet. <laughs> okay, that's very interesting. Um, okay, so before I move into the next question, I just, uh, there was something else that I wanted to ask. Oh, okay, so there was three instances of full-blown physical abuse in this book, mm-hmm. and I think that it's important to, like, remember as like people like that either haven't dealt with abuse or people that are kind of on the outside to remember like hey one time is enough Mm -hmm. and I know the first time like he was so apologetic over it like he had they had dropped a casserole dish and it was all over the floor and he got angry and like came back and like smacked Lily and she had fallen to the ground and then the second time, he was jealous about Atlas because he had found his phone number in her phone after he had been there just in case of emergency, and he ended up pushing her down the stairs. And then the third time, he ends up almost, uh, another trigger warning, almost sexually assaulting her, and then ends up headbutting her. And those are all three increasing levels of yeah. abuse, but... I, re- I really liked at the end of the book when Colleen Hoover, like she kind of related it back to her own life because it was kind of based on loosely the story of like her parents, parents and their yeah. abuse cycle. And I just think it's important to like see how she rationalized it because she was like, oh, he was so apologetic. Then he was a little bit less apologetic. And then he was so apologetic and like try and remember like, okay, like you can't rationalize it because at the end of the day it is abuse. And I was... Even one time is too much. And I was still a little bit like weirded out about it that she like stayed around, especially with her own history of her mother being abused. So I was just curious what you thought about that. Yeah, um, good question. I felt 
I (laughs) sounds really silly, but I think I felt how I was supposed to or like how Colleen Hoover wanted me to feel. I felt sympathetic for Lily. I felt like I've never been in a situation like that, so I couldn't understand. But I also almost did understand. It's like even a relationship that you're in, which maybe we all have experience with, whether it's friendship, parent, partner, anything, any relationship you're in is pretty hard to walk away from, even Mm -hmm. if it's even if it's mutual, even if it's been a long time coming, even if it's over something that's not abusive or not triggering or not anything like that. It's still really hard to walk away from something you've had for so long, even though their relationship was so short. It was like they were like, oh, my God, this is my one true one true love. This is my one true love. Like they were obsessed with each other. They were like so in it. So I think I just I sympathized for I sympathize for Lily and I just, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't think I found any um, distaste for her not walking away, but I felt like I really, not really liked it, but I almost really liked that she got to have some perspective for her mom because before that she didn't Mm -hmm. understand her mom very well and why her mom stayed in the relationship as long as she did. And after this, they were able to bond really well. It seemed like Mm -hmm. actually over the situation and her mom was able to like help her and talk to her and get her through it, which I thought was really cool. So yeah, yeah, that's what I, I agree. It. I think that it was important to show like how yeah. easy it is to stay, even if you are being hurt physically by a partner or a friend or whatever, a family member. Exactly. But I also kind of wish that she would have stuck with her gut at the I mean, of course, it wouldn't be a book if she had just stuck with her gut and then walked away at the beginning. Yeah. But I think it would have shown I think it was a very helpful story to show people mm-hmm. you can get stuck in a cycle of abuse and you yeah. can start to allow your, like she said at the end of the book, your limit increase. Yeah. But I think it's it would have been empowering to see her walk away after the first like instance of abuse as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It would have. And I think I really liked how the book ended and that's probably what bumped me up between a three and a four because the whole book I was just like, it's a three book. I got mm-hmm. to the end and the last line of the book is it ends with us. And I mm-hmm. I liked that. I liked yeah. how the story rounded out at the end. Yeah, I agree. So you kind of touched on this a little bit, but everything in Lily and Ryle's relationship happens very quickly and they are married yeah. within six months. Does the speed say anything about the relationship overall or do some successful relationships just operate that quickly? I think it's an interesting question and I read it this morning and I was like, oh my God, of course. I didn't even think of this. Of course, uh-huh. it went way too fast. And now I'm actually going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to say some relationships just operate that quickly. I feel like you, it doesn't, I feel like time has nothing to do with it if I'm being fully honest I'm like I don't know if that has anything to do with it I think people's attitude and perspective and values and the way people treat each other is what has something to do with it so I actually am indifferent on this question I don't actually yeah. know what I think I I I agree somewhat I yeah. think that the again I thought that he was going to be a stalker he was going right. to be obsessed and like not let her leave and like I just I thought that it was him trying to make her stay And especially because like this was after that first moment of abuse. It wasn't it was before the second one, but it was after that first moment of abuse. And I think it was him trying to be like, I'm locked in. You can't leave me now. Yeah, that's a good point. Even if I do hurt you again, even though she had said after the first time, Ryle, if this happens again, I will leave you because I'm a strong woman. But 
I think it was a way of him saying like, I can be so loving and I can like get you to love me forever, especially yeah. if I make you marry me tonight. Yeah, like, you're right. Because it was so impulsive. Like mm-hmm. neither of them even seemed to have even thought about it before that point. And they were both actually pretty, not anti, but almost like he was anti-relationship. She was like anti-jumping into a relationship that fast, it seemed mm-hmm. um, based on her values. So yeah, you're right. I didn't think of it like that, but I think that's true. I think it definitely was probably an abusive play, actually. Yeah. And I think even like going off of you saying it's an abusive play, I think like she was in Alyssa's room having a vulnerable conversation with her best yeah, friend. And right. Alyssa was like, well, I feel like there could be a proposal coming soon. Like, what would you say? And she was like, oh, I'd probably say yes. Like, I would love to marry him. Yeah. And he just happens to be standing in the door behind her and was yeah. like, yeah, let's go get married tonight. Yeah, that's just, yeah, it was really impulsive. And then they went went to Vegas from yeah. Boston. I'm like, this storyline, I cannot. Yeah, I didn't like that <laughs> I section. But either. I think... I think it was important that like Colleen Hoover had written it like that because it just like showed like he was trapping her a little bit. And they were also both willing to go to any length because Mm -hmm. they were just like they were obsessed with each other. I feel like Mm -hmm. there's not a better word. It's like sure they were in love or they like had lust, but they were obsessed with each other. Yeah. Yeah. But I can also play devil's advocate because I think that some relationships just do operate yeah. very quickly. And I think that if you were reading this kind of like from Owen's perspective where she was saying like, oh, I'm in love with Ryle. And like, yes, he did abuse her that first time. But like, I see him like being apologetic and, and trying being to redeemed. woo her. Yeah. And like, yeah, playing like the redeemer card and whatever. But I just I think that you could have definitely seen it as something romantic like he just happens to overhear the conversation he's like well then let's do it let's go tonight we have (laughs) the means yeah but I I didn't see it like that yeah no that's really interesting I don't like I said I was kind of indifferent I didn't see it either way I was just like okay I think at that point I was just like "Eh, hopefully something interesting happens (laughs) soon but um after you explained it I do feel like I could see how it could be a play for sure that makes a Mm -hmm. lot of sense to me uh just knowing how the book ends at least yeah hindsight vision (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. So the next part is going back to that traumatic event that had happened in Ryle's life. So Alyssa convinces Ryle to open up to Lily about the traumatic events of his childhood. In what ways does this knowledge change Lily's perception of Ryle? How did it change yours? And why do you think that Hoover chose to give Ryle this backstory? I was like, who's Hoover? Okay. (laughs) Whoops. Um, so backstory spoiler alert this whole episode's a spoiler so so like if you don't get it by now i'm sorry but okay so when ryle was a childhood as i understood it he had Alyssa and then his other brother emerson thank you um (laughs) i finished it last night i remember everything okay emerson Alyssa, and ryle they're all three siblings uh what happened i know what he did but was there a story as to why and how that happened um so at the beginning of the book the whole reason that ryle's mad and comes up to the rooftop Mm -hmm. is because he's a neurosurgeon he just performed a surgery on a young child that had unfortunately passed away because he was shot by his brother on accident Mm -hmm. and so they tie it back in and say that this is the exact thing that had happened to ryle when he was six years old he had accidentally gotten a hold of a gun that was Um, that was loaded and the safety wasn't on or whatever and he had accidentally shot and killed his brother and they made it kind of graphic in the book saying he was like I was trying to like lay there with him and like put his brains back in his his head head. I did not like that I didn't either but then he was like that's like what made me want to become a neurosurgeon and ever since then it's like traumatized me and I black out and I have these rages and I don't remember anything they attributed all the abuse to this one like event from his childhood I don't necessarily think that they attributed it to it, but Mm -hmm. it was definitely more of him trying to cover up the reason why he abused her. Yeah. 
and I was I saw it more as a scapegoat not necessarily an Mm -hmm. explanation because he was like this is the whole reason that I hit you Lily and I'm like you literally sound like you're trying to play this martyr card and you just seem like an idiot yeah (laughs) oh did not like so that's that's the event for the record yes (laughs) in what ways does this change or does this knowledge change Lily's perception of Ryle I felt like she took it as an explanation personally which I you might disagree but like that's how I received it was like she kind of had an explanation and I don't think she used that to like completely off write everything but she was like oh it almost kind of makes sense he has childhood trauma blah 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 how did it change my perspective it didn't I just didn't like him even more then which he was like (laughs) literally six years old like I get it um you know when you're six years old I don't even remember when I was six years old yeah like I understand that that's a tragedy I just don't understand how it works because that's never happened to me and why do you think Hoover chose to give Ryle this backstory I have no clue, to be honest. I think that they could have gone with something less wild, like less yeah. graphic. Like that was a very extreme version of like, I think they could have had Emerson be uh, passed away as a child in some other way. Like maybe he drowned. Like I know that sounds horrible, but I'm like the gun violence was like a uh, almost an aspect that I felt like the book didn't need. Like there was already so much going on. I feel like gun violence, maybe it's a topic for another book. I mm-hmm. felt like personally, I think it was just a little too much. Yeah. So in for my like answer yes. to this question i think that it does give lily an explanation or at least it gives her like the angel and devil on her shoulders the angel yeah. on her shoulder is saying your mom went through this you don't need to go through it at all like you're stronger than this and then the yeah. devil on her other shoulder is saying but he like had this trauma and he's trying yeah. to work through it he's been in therapy forever and it, he's trying to get better and like Maybe there is an end. Maybe he will break out of the cycle of his violence or the Mm -hmm. cycle of his quote unquote blackouts of rage. But I just I don't think that that was necessary because she was already going through that whole angel and devil situation with like, I love him, but I need to leave him the whole like her rationalizing what had happened to her mother as a child. And I agree. It didn't change my opinion at all. I still didn't like him. And it didn't really, it didn't give me a soft spot for him. I was like, okay, yeah, like stuff does happen. Childhood trauma does happen. And it does affect the way that you navigate the rest of your life. However, I don't think that it's an excuse to hit your wife. (laughs) And I was just like, I don't think that this really unveils anything. And then why do I think that she chose to give Ryle this backstory? I think she chose to give him the backstory to kind of wrap it up like first to wrap it back to the beginning of the like book and yeah. like say Which, by the way I liked I liked that yes. they did that it was a nice tie on it's almost like when you see a comedy show and they have one joke at the beginning and then they yes. tie it in at the end and yeah, everyone's yeah, yeah. cracking up it's so good and it's like a really nice tactic I just wish it were a different storyline personally yeah but yeah I like that too but I think that the reason that she chose to give him a backstory at all I like that it tied in but I think that the reason she chose to give him like this quote-unquote scapegoat is because a lot of people that are in abusive relationships they look for that scapegoat themselves or they create this scenario or this like idea that the person and this is like a quote from the book Mm -hmm. that a person isn't bad bad things just happen to them and I think that they really tried to give that to Lily because that's what a lot of people do in abusive situations already and so if they give her this truly awful thing that had happened to her partner as a child that changed the way that his brain was like wired or whatever they are drawing on what happens to people in actually abusive relationships and they're Mm -hmm. like well this happened like maybe they didn't mean it yeah yeah 
I hear but that. I think that I don't think sense. it was necessary. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah, that was something I almost kind of forgot about it. Not completely, but I just kind of wrote it off in my mind because I was like, I just that's another heavy topic to bring in. And I felt like it wasn't necessary or mm-hmm. like we didn't get a lot of explanation on it. It was just like, oh, like he killed his brother and now he lives with that. Yeah. Like, okay. So I feel like it either needed a lot more explanation or eliminate. Yeah. Sorry, okay, Colleen be- Hoover. I feel like I'm harsh. <laughs> and I did like her other book, by the way. I'm not a hater. <laughs> okay. Before we get into the last question, yeah. what did you think when she named her child Emerson? <laughs> okay. I actually liked it. I did too. So I thought it was really cute. And then they, I think they said they would call her like Ellie or something like that. Emmy. Emmy, Emmy, Emmy. Yeah. I thought, yeah, duh. Why would she be called Ellie? <laughs> um, no, I thought that was really cute. I thought it was a nice nod to like their side of the family it wasn't it kind of gave us the idea like lily's not writing off the family even though she's saying no to ryle like we're not getting back together we're done but you can still be a part of her life and like i actually kind of want you to i just want there to be rules like i think that naming her daughter after their brother is a nice family tie-in at the end to say like it ends with us but like i don't know she was just making cool choices that like are gonna every choice she made at the end of the book was like for the daughter and i thought that was cool Yeah, I agree. I think that it was, I thought it was kind of like cringy that she was like, oh, I'll name him like after your brother that you killed. But like, I thought that it it was, it was a good like reach out to say like, we are done because I can't stand your abuse towards me anymore. But maybe if I distance myself and name our daughter after the person that quote unquote made you like this Mm -hmm. and you can show that you can be a strong father without me, I think that that was nice. What did you think about her middle name being Dory? I thought it was stupid if I'm gonna be honest <laughs> I thought I that like they liked... could have chosen something else yes 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 I agree I was like you could have picked anything else from I get it Ellen would play Dory in Finding Nemo whatever like I think she could have done it Emerson Ellen fine yeah Emerson I don't know anything else I just did not like I'm like Emerson Dory that sounds so dumb <laughs> yeah I agree it sounded stupid but I understand yeah. I why liked... they did it yeah I like the nod because... to Atlas I thought that was cute yeah and like her and Atlas, like, they had this, like, unforgivable love. Like, they couldn't yeah. forget it. And, like, they just, like, were unapologetically, like, in love with each other throughout everything in their life. And hopefully at the end they ended up together. All she did was run after him and they were like, we're ready. But I was like, I need more. I need I more. <laughs> I kind of do want to read the next one even though I was on this one. Like, I do want to see what happens. Yeah. But I liked how, like, their whole motto, the whole book. Like, I almost cried at, like, one of the second to last lines. Yes. He was like, you've reached the shore, Lily. You can, you stop, can swimming. stop swimming. Yes. And I, was like, ah. I know. I did like that part too. And I didn't think that was cheesy. I thought that was no. fine. It's just the name. And now that I think about it, how weird is it that she had this baby and then she named it after Ryle's brother and Alex is like thing I'm like you named it after both but well, no I, it's fine the whole time I was like I need her to end up with Atlas like yes. I'm in love with Atlas like I literally had texted Owen and I was like you're telling me that you like Ryle but this happened with Atlas and you didn't fall in love and she was like I don't know what to tell you wow I really loved Atlas yeah he I did was like too. my main man I'm like they're gonna be mm-hmm. in love I really thought that's what we would get I was disappointed yeah. I know. But anyways, the last question. This is why I made you read the author, yes. the author's note at Marissa's the end. like, did you read the author's note? I was like, I don't know. She's like, read it. I'm like, all right, I, I got you. I read it last night. Fresh. Yes. So Hoover's parents had an abusive marriage just like Lily. In an interview, she's quoted saying that her mother, quote, fil- mother filed for divorce when she was three. But she says that she never understood how someone as independent as her mother could have stayed so many years in abuses, an abusive relationship. 
How do you see the theme of general generational trauma throughout It Ends With Us? Sorry, I could not speak. No, it's all good. <laughs> that That's a good question. Uh, I don't know. But I just feel like they really made her and Ryle have the exact same storyline as her and her dad or her mom mm-hmm. and her dad. Which yes. I thought was a really interesting because it's like we already knew the whole story before it ended in a way. We just yeah. didn't know that's how it was going to go. But I almost felt like we watched her childhood. We watched what happened with her mom and her dad. We watched her kind of escape to Atlas and like have a safe space with him. And then it was almost the exact same. It was Lily and Ryle having the same experience as Lily's mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And she had her safe space with like Alyssa. It was just like a new a new setup of it and like I said in my other question I I liked the way that everything went down because I felt like it gave her a chance Lily to understand her mother better and like Mm -hmm. in a weird way like put some respect on her name like yeah I think it really opened her eyes to her mom and proved to her that her mom was a strong woman because I think she almost saw her mom at times as like I know she's strong but she's weak because she won't leave and I think it gave her like some experience but I'd love to hear what you think about this too Yeah, I think that it's important you can think of generational trauma in more than just, like, physical abuse. So, like, a lot of times, like, people think of this in, like, the terms of, like, alcohol or drug abuse as well. So, you think, like, one generation does it. So, in this case, it would be Colin Hoover's mom and dad slash Lily's mom and dad. And you see how the mom stays. I mean, Colleen Hoover's mom, she didn't Mm -hmm. stay. She did what Lily did in the book. But... Her parents, they live through the cycle of abuse until her dad dies. Her mom is, like, unable to leave him because of, like, the the scaredness that she has. Yeah. And then Yeah, fear is a big part of it that we didn't really talk about, and I feel like yeah. that is important to talk about, is the fear of leaving for something mm-hmm. even worse to come. But, yes, yes, sorry. And then Lily finds out that she's pregnant with Ryle's child, and she's like, what do I do? Do I stick around and have this yeah. potentially same exact scenario that my parents went through or do I leave and hope that he doesn't abuse the child because I'm the one that he's willing to abuse now and I remove that from his life and I think that that's a really difficult question but I think that it's somebody has to be the person that it ends with it ends with us her and Emerson at the end of the book the cycle of generational trauma ends with them and somebody has to be the person that's willing to sacrifice something to end the generational trauma and this can be with alcoholism or drug abuse or anything like that as well you just have to know that something needs to change or you need to do something and therefore it's all going to end or at least you can hope that the cycle ends from doing that yeah and I liked how she tied it all back in and it like mm-hmm. tied back to the title because yeah. like I said at the beginning we had no idea what the title oh meant. my god and, yeah like, it could have been a hundred million things yeah. yeah but I really like how she cycled it back into her own life as well and like showed that her mom was strong enough to leave when like Colleen was only three years old and her yeah. father was never abusive to her mm-hmm. and her mom leaving was just the thing that needed to end the cycle. Yeah. And she even said um, in her editor's note, like I had a great relationship with my father because my mother allowed that to happen. And I thought that was really cool. It was actually mm-hmm. a really interesting perspective. And now I think we see why she wrote the book the way that she did based on her real life but I also have a little section from the note from the author that I wanted to read just like how you were saying the um, generational trauma could like look like a a million different things in the note from the author Colleen Hoover said by no means do I intend for Ryle and Lily's situation to define domestic abuse nor do I intend for Ryle's character to define the characteristics of most abusers every situation is different 
every outcome is different. I chose to fashion Lily and Ryle's story after my mother and father's. I fashioned Ryle after my father in many ways. They are handsome, compassionate, funny, and smart, but with moments of unforgivable behavior. So I thought that was like a really cool paragraph that she put in there. And I'm glad that Mm -hmm. you asked me to read this because I just told Marissa before this, like I always skip the editor note. I don't know why. Like I've never read a single one, but I thought that was really cool and really important for her to say, because I think that you could be mistaken if you read this whole book and you've never experienced domestic violence, you might see someone that acts like Ryle and maybe they're just an arrogant asshole. Maybe they're Mm -hmm. not an abuser. Like, so I think it's really important to also just talk about how many ways these kind of things can look so different. Yeah, I agree. I loved it. I I think that we had a really good conversation and I think that we do have like similar outlooks, I guess, because both times we've done this, I mean, we both come in. I've never thought that my opinion is going to be controversial. I just think that like maybe you won't have the same opinion as me, but I'm like, both times we've been two for two I know I just really thought I came in thinking like I bet people like liked Ryle and I just did it so I was like I wonder if uh-huh. that's unpopular I have no idea but yeah I'll be interested to see what happens I think maybe in our next book we should pick something lighter but how, how would mm-hmm. we know because we yeah. just keep picking books and we're like oh my god I didn't know what it was gonna be <laughs> I know we pick books that we have no no, no preconceived notion of yeah. but just, <laughs> just popular books that people are like this is so good which I, I thought I've heard a lot of people say it ends with us is the reason they started reading again which I thought mm-hmm. was very interesting because if I read this after a long period of not reading I'd be not reading still like that's how much oh, I did really? not like it at the beginning huh. but I do think I have to say reading the author's note so here we go I'm gonna be a changed woman after this is what put me from three to four stars because I Uh felt like I just it was the perspective I needed to see what she intended with the book even though I wasn't obsessed with some of the the parts or the characters or whatever I saw the point of it and Mm -hmm. I thought that was powerful enough that I'm like okay so we're giving it four stars over here (laughs) yeah I think I'm I'm sitting at like four to five four to four and a half stars just because of I don't know, just because I didn't perfect. fall in love with Ryle from yeah. the beginning, but I did like the majority of the storylines, and I yeah. was able, like, yesterday when I sat down for, like, four hours and read, I was able to. Like, I wasn't, like, dreading finishing the book, yeah. so. Yeah, I love it. Wow, Yay. well, thank you guys for joining us again, and if you have recommendations for our next book club or you want to join our book club and, like, have us set something up, willing to do that. That'd be super mm-hmm. fun, so definitely let us know on Instagram. Yes, but with that, I'm Marissa. And I'm Erica. And And we we run run on coffee. coffee. Bye. Oh my gosh. So good.